you know what this is. A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. <gasps> Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure. Talk Recorded live. Right to the doors are over you and this 
Nigga break the foundation. That nigga about to drop that black fist LP. Nigga digging they chest. Digging they motherfucking chest, man. You know what this shit is about. This shit is revolution. Remember that. This is your man. You need me, nigga. Holler. Black power. Again, 
with this real fucking talk. I'm going to give a mad motherfucking shout-out to my nigga Brick the Foundation. That nigga about to drop that black fist LP, nigga. Digging they chest. Digging they motherfucking chest, man. You know what this shit is about. This shit is revolution. Remember that. This is your man. You need me, nigga. Holler. Black power. Thank you. 
BB Fortier. Fortier, Chief. How are you tonight? Um, doing all right, brother. Just straggling in, just now walking in the house, getting situated. BB Fortier, fam. Black right. Power. All right, all right. Well, um, brother, without further ado, I see I see at least some of my brothers out there right now, uh, along with myself. So, uh, without further ado, we'd like to uh, invite the esteemed elder, Dr. Walter Williams, uh, Mr. Class, right now. So, um, welcome. Thank you so much, Brother Lauren. I'm here to bring more knowledge to our African community and to this African gathering. Um, I heard you mention that tonight we're going to deal with the ancient Egyptians. No, 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 no. No, I said ancient African Egyptians. That's okay. But uh, but you said we're going to, tonight we're going to deal with uh, the ancient African Egyptians. No, no, no. You deal with that the rest of your life. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You've got to eat ancient Egypt, talk it, walk it, and sleep it. You have no other alternative now. The time has come for us to stop being foolish. So what is happening to our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians? We are descendants of the greatest people that's ever walked this earth. We cannot play with that now. The time has come. You have to walk, uh, uh, eat, sleep. Ancient Egypt. You have to do that 24 hours a day. Again, I want to remind everybody, do not worry about the rest of Africa now. Don't deal with that. When you bring and resurrect ancient Egypt and bring ancient Egypt up, all of Africa comes with it. It's all uh, encompassed, all connected. The most powerful civilization, the most powerful culture in the continent of Africa, the most powerful country and the culture that the people developed there in ancient Egypt is what's being used by all of humanity that's living on planet Earth. So don't play that lightly. Don't say, I'm, tonight we're going to deal with that. No, you deal with that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Eat, sleep, walk, and talk it. Enough is enough. We can't afford not to do exactly what I'm saying. You, If you only... If you realize what these people are doing over there and has been doing over there to our ancestors over there in Africa, in Egypt, for centuries they've been digging up the bodies of our ancestors, digging up artifacts, digging up monuments, everything, and putting and scattering them them all around the world while at the same time the descendants are taught away from ancient Egypt. They give you a religion. 
We have to divest ourselves from all religions. We cannot no longer be a Christian, a Muslim, a black Hebrew Israelite, or Jew, or Hebrew, or, or Buddhist, or, or any type of religion. We can't do that no more. It's over with. You've got to take the Bible and throw it in the garbage can. Get it out of your life. There's confusion there. I'm trying to unravel and expose the confusion that's out there. This is where it's bringing uh, confusion to our African community. I'm looking at it every day. I go around the country and I talk on different uh, talk radio shows all around the country. Every week I'm on somebody's radio show. I hear it. I see it. I go out and lecture. I've just come back from, as you know, from Las Vegas. Confusion there. Newark, New Jersey, I was, I was there before, a week, uh, I, I was there in Newark, New Jersey, and Brooklyn, New York, a week before I went to Las Vegas. Confusion. It's all over. Because the European has put misinformation out in our community on purpose. Why? Because he does not have a beginning history for himself. He doesn't know one. He has none coming out of Europe. There's no, uh, you cannot go no place and find any prior history in Europe. Europe only have had institutions for 620 years. That's it. 620 years. That's not a long time. So what they have done, this white male has con- has been in control of this uh, earth that we call, the planet that we call earth. It's been in control for 2,350 years. 2,350 years. Been in control of it. And he has taught us away from who we are. Because once you claim ancient Egypt, white supremacy is over with. Please understand this. So don't say tonight we're going to deal with ancient Egypt. No, you deal with that every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You eat it, walk it, talk it, and sleep it. Every day you look in the mirror and thank the creator of the universe, that you are a descendant of ancient Egyptians. So I want to clear that up. So anyway, good evening, everyone, every uh, one that's on, has joined our class. Call the roll call, Brother Bourne. All right, we got two inmates around there. We got Brother Griff, um, Brother Claus out there, and Sister Sean Miller. I see them all on the line, and we got some a couple extra people. Okay. They're not, they're not part of the class, but they're just on the line. Mm-hmm, that's okay. Okay. So we're going to go with what we got. Our class uh, is starting right now. 
That's correct, but we're not there yet. I'm going uh, to, when, when I get to that part, yes, sir. Uh, the curriculum, then we will discuss the, uh, the chronologies S of ancient mm-hmm. Egypt. But yes, right sir. now, we're not there. Okay. So I'm going to put in information, I'll give you any information about the chronology until we get uh, to that subject, to that point. We, we've got quite a long way to go. Yes, okay, sir. Well, we get there. But just hang in there, and I'll uh, get there and take you there. And Because there's a lot involved once you get there about those chronologies, as, a, as a, some tricks that is going on with those chronologies and uh, the European has put out and created these chronologies because our ancestors never wrote any history of themselves that uh, 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 they left us an immoral legacy in stone, art, literature, monuments, and so forth and so on. But anyway, we'll get to that when the time comes. Okay, any, any other questions? Hello? Yeah, I'm still here, but I don't have any more questions. But I don't know if anybody else does. Hello, uh, Bob Walker-Williams? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, this is Tim. This is uh, Brother Tim. Brother Tim um, out of Texas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing quite well. How you doing there, Brother Tim? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm all right, man. You know, uh, Energized, ready to ready to listen in and get this knowledge, man. Is your wife uh, there? She in on it? Uh, no, she she she's not in tonight. She she probably won't be able to um uh, sit in on most of the classes. She been having to listen to it on the replay. Okay. Um, I don't know if she's gonna be able to come back in or not. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I got I got my notes, so she can always you know look in on my notes. You know. Okay. But uh. Um, my 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 only question, uh, Baba Watson Williams, because uh, I when I when I went back and listened to the last one, it was just something you had said that uh, made me um, just because because I had been questioned about this before, and and I wanted to know like when I'm questioned about it again, how should I answer the question? Um, real quickly, you had hit on uh. Did the did our ancient uh, ancient Egyptian ancestors uh, intermarry within the family? And you said no, that there was no evidence of that. And 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 I know that um like a couple of times whenever I brought up some of the information about our ancestors, you know, especially with uh, white people, they always try to bring that up uh, that it was you know. Um, incest and stuff. So I was just wondering, like, is there something I could, you know what I'm saying, uh, you could point me to or something that would, you know, help me to answer that question better or just tell them no? Well, uh, where, wow. where do they point uh, that uh, incest is uh, was, was practiced in Egypt? A lot of times they'll point to, um, like, you know, when you have the, which that also makes sense because you was talking about the chronology is all messed up the king's list and all the, the dynasties and all that. But a lot of times uh, when they were looking into those um, pharaohs and how it went on to the next one and stuff, they would, they talk about this pharaoh married his, his, you know, something like that. You know, you know, 
uh, like how they have Hatshepsut marrying her little brother or something like that to keep you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, uh, she, she, I know that's all based off of the old chronologies that you're telling us don't pay attention to, but I'm just wondering how would I then answer the question? Well, oh. you know. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, you, uh, you asked me uh, basically almost the same question that Brother Griff asked about the chronologies. Okay, okay, okay. I, I just came in, so I'm sorry if I did that. <laughs> you, you, the answer to uh, a, a quick answer to that question by you or anybody is that when they bring you that, you say, well, oh, you're talking about the chronology of ancient uh, Egypt that was uh, created by, I'll put it like this, so that information that you're telling me or that statement that you're making was created by Western academia. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Using the Bible to do so, by them creating a chronology of my ancestors. So what you're telling me, I repudiate that because it's not true. If you can bring me, this is what you tell them, and if you can bring me a, any history that was written by my ancestors, ancient Egyptians, and in that written history that they wrote about themselves, if incest is in there being practiced, then I will accept it. At this moment, what you're telling me is something that the Europeans, your people, created by creating a uh, chronology of ancient Egypt, which is based on the Bible. Okay? And in that chronology, they have our ancestors doing everything, fighting, killing, raping, plundering, everything. So that would be my answer to you. Tell them to bring you a chronology written by the ancient Egyptians with that information and, that st and, and the statements that they are making to you in that chronology, and they can't do it. Say another thing, uh, brothers and sisters, when you ask questions to anybody, stop talking after you ask the question. Tell them, bring me a chronology written and created by my ancestors, ancient Egyptians, pertaining to their history. With that statement or those statements in their chronology about incest, etc., about war, about plunder, about any negative thing, bring that to me. Then I will take a look at it, and I, I will believe you. If you bring me that coming from my ancestors, that information, and then after you make that statement, be quiet. There you go. Because I say, I say. But you keep talking, they're going to take something from your continued conversation 
and words coming out of your mouth, and they're going to turn that right around on you and ask you questions about what you continue to talk. So we just ask a question. How much is two times two? And there's a silence. You're waiting for your answer. How much is four times six? You know, you're waiting for your answer. So that's how I tell all of my students, ask the question and be quiet. So that would be my answer to, 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 for you to clear up or answer a question with anybody bringing you that type of information. Tell them to bring you some writings that your ancestors, that our ancestors did or your ancestors did when you're talking to another race of, of, of people. You follow? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that, Barbara Wilson. Man. Right. Any other questions? Uh, mm-hmm. Hello? No, uh, I pretty much, pretty, that's pretty much the only, um, I, I do want to ask this question, by the Let me just go and ask this question. Would you say that, because you talked about our ancestors not having a standing army, so would you say that Europeans, Created. Um, oh, I, I asked you that last time. Never mind. Never mind. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Still in your system. Go ahead. Um, the the question was, uh, did, did, would you say that Europeans created the concept of organized uh, warfare? Of course. <laughs> of course. It goes without saying. No race of people on earth. Had armies. They didn't have to have armies. They didn't, they didn't. Let me explain it this way to you. The European has terrorized this whole planet that we call Earth, and every human uh, that's living therein on this planet Earth, he has terrorized them. Is that true? Yes, sir including himself. But listen to this now. No other races or people living on planet Earth ever invaded Europe and terrorized them. No race. The Mexicans, they didn't, no, uh, the Africans didn't go, go over to Europe and terrorize them. The Chinese never went over to Europe to terrorize them. The Indians of India never went to uh, over to Europe to terrorize them. No one has been in Europe to terrorize the European. But the European, on the other hand, has terrorized all the races of people walking this earth, including themselves. So today, as I speak, that terrorization by the European is still going on because what he has done, he has armed himself with the biggest bomb that he could find and make. Accumulation of, 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 of war weapons that he has manufactured. Airplanes, ships, submarines, tanks, guns, Missiles, everything. That's his ideology. That's his mentality. You see? So 
the European came over in this hemisphere. Did the Indians have an army? Hello? Uh, no. Okay. When when the European went into India during the time of Mahatma Gandhi, did the Indians no. have an army? No, sir. When the Europeans went into China and, and took over Hong Kong for 150 more years, 50 odd years, did China have an army to stop him? Let me ask of one people, uh, Baba Walter Williams, what about uh, who they call the Aztecs? What about them? Did they, would they have been an army? I know they always call it, they always say Aztec warriors, so I just was thinking. Just, that's, I don't know, that's why that just came to my head. I'm wondering, if that, would that have been the uh, army or something? No, wait, where are you reading this from, Aztec uh, army? You know, you know, I just heard about them through history. I don't really even know about them. I just heard about somebody mentioned them before, uh, the Aztecs. No, no, no. The, he, the Aztec is part of this America. Is that correct? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But therefore, what happened to the Americas? Taken over about Europeans. They were welcome over here at first until the Indians woke up one morning and had a big gun upside his head. Mm-hmm. They stuck him up and took this country. And they have a nerve to call themselves the founding fathers. I call them the founding thieves. I say. Oh, no, <laughs> don't believe that shot. Start using your analytical mind. Provoke thought. I'm trying to provoke thought to stimulate you and the rest of the students to stimulate your minds to the point of where you can provoke thought by way of reasoning things, looking at a situation. And look all around that situation and say, well, no, this can't be because this happened over here and this happened over there. Think, in other words. Now, that's whoever told you that told you a lie. Or wherever you read that, they told, told you a lie. I see. Okay. Any other questions? I got a question, Papa Williams. Um, okay. I bet this brother Griff. I've been okay, having brother Griff. Uh, I got another brother. He's he, he's in. He's part of the little group, but he's not necessarily in the class. He 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 says uh, talking about the ancient Egyptians. He's saying calling themselves ancient Egyptians like he don't like that term. He was like, and I know you said that was a term they gave themselves using the Greek la- the Greek language, and he was like. Uh, Basically, was there another uh, an indigenous term that they had to describe themselves that you know of? Or that's just you, you want to keep it concrete, black and white for right now? Well, let's leave it like it is, see, because I, I tell uh, people, my students, do not use Kemet. 
Yes, sir. They don't use Kemet. You can't, we can't afford to use no Kemet. I'm going to go over this again. Mm-hmm. And this is the last time I'm going to go over it. I re- okay, yes, sir. The argument is this, that Egypt is a, a, a European given name. That's not true. They say Kemet means the land of the blacks or the black land. Which that term they say uh, was used by the ancient Egyptians. Now, that's the funny thing. I want you to think of this now. No other countries in Africa do they apply that the Nigerians use Kemet, the land of the black, and Nigeria is in Africa, where black people live. That's the home of blacks. Africa is the home of black people or Africans. In Ghana, do they use Kemet to describe uh, 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 Ghana, a Mali? of Zimbabwe or South Africa or any parts of Africa, do they? No. Then why this thing now? Here they come and going to use uh, Kemet, the name Kemet, to take you away from Egypt, they don't want, they'll give you Kemet, they'll give you some money, buy you a car, and, and so you can drive away from ancient Egypt, so they can continue to do what they've been doing over there for over uh, uh, 2000, uh, 200 years or more. It's control ancient Egypt. They don't want you there, so if you, if you, uh, uh, if you want to use Kemet, fine. But I can't find Kemet on the world map of human geography. It's not there. I cannot find or identify a monument that came Kemet. It's not there. I can't find any art that came from Kemet. I can't find any literature that came from Kemet. I can find monuments still standing in Egypt today. I can find art that is still in Egypt today. And so forth and so on. So why would I use Kemet when there's no evidence of Kemet being in existence. They say that Egypt is a, a Greek name. I said to this, when the Greeks came into Egypt, what did they do, Brother Griff, to our ancestors, ancient Egyptians? What did they do? Robbed and raped. That too. Murdered. Wait, 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 wait. I understand that. Uh-huh. 
what did they do with uh, uh, with, the, with with their language? Oh, they stripped them of their language. No, we gave, they we gave them, gave them an alphabet. Sorry about that. We gave them an alphabet for the for their language. Applied an alphabet to their language writing system. That's correct. In other words, they first they before they did that. What did they do first? Civilize them. No. What did they do with the language, brother Griff? They forced the language down in Egyptian. What? No, I said Griff. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they 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 discon they made them quit using their language and forced the Greek language. No, on they didn't make Earth. them do that, Griff. You're not listening to me. Yes, sir. Yes, I'll be sir. talking every week. Yes, sir. Is it in vain? No, sir. No, it ain't. I thought y'all was. I'm a little. What did right the now. Greeks do with their language? Uh, and our ancestors, to our ancestors, what did they do? Uh I ain't sure about Ababa. Well, see, that's the reason why I say it. it's very tiring some. Because yes, I'm sir. going over the same stuff that I've been going over uh, for, 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 for months now. The Greeks coming into Egypt, Alexander the Greek, forced the Greek language on our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians. Yes, sir. The ancient Egyptians learned the Greek language. But the, our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, being a literate people, yes, sir, with an alphabet, they learned that language. And what did they do with that with that alphabet and that language, Griff? Created a writing system. They created the Greek Literature. alphabet. Yes, sir. You have to frame it just like that. They created a Greek alphabet for the Greeks. Yes, sir. Using their language to do so. So did the Greeks have an alphabet when they came into Egypt? No, sir. Okay. So, But, but they forced that language on our ancestors, the Melkite Coptic Egyptians. Is that right? Yes, sir. So while speaking Greek, this is the answer to that Kemet stuff. While speaking Greek, the ancient Egyptians identified themselves uh, as to who they are or were at the time. They still are today, and I'm going to use the term were. They, in order to communicate with the Greeks, they had to learn the Greek language. The Greeks couldn't c communicate with them speaking the ancient Egyptian language and dialects. So the, our ancestors had to learn the Greek language. And once learning the Greek language, they, while speaking Greek, applied an identity to themselves. I'm talking about the ancient Egyptian. They said, uh, they were asked, by the way, who are you? We are Egyptus, Egyptos, Egyptians, while speaking Greek. The Greeks had nothing to do with that. The Greeks were illiterate. They came out of Greece and Europe, where Greece and Europe had no institutions because they were illiterate. 
So yes, that sir. word, uh, uh, Egypt, comes was a word coined by our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians, while speaking Greek. While speaking Greek. Got you. Maybe you got that? Yes, sir. So what they have put out here, such trick by the Europeans to make you bite for it, and you bit it. They said, Kennet, the land of the blacks. Oh, wow. This is, and, and this is what the ancient Egyptians called themselves. Kemites. This is what the ancient Egyptians called the land over there in Egypt. Kemet. And see, we got many scholars in our African community continuing, continues to use that name. Don't use that name. Kemet means the land of the black. Okay, you got Africa, is that correct? I see nobody complain about the word, the name Africa for the continent that we call Africa. That's a white man's name. They don't have no complaint about it. I suggest, Walter Williams suggested, take the name Africa and discard it and put it in this place, Kemet. Because Africa, all of the continent of Africa is the land of the blacks and the black land where black Africans live. Is that true? Is that true? Yes, sir. Then, well, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see them breaking the doors down, trying to take that name out of that Africa out of uh, as an identifying name for the continent that we call Africa today. I don't see them, see them uh, breaking down doors to try to change that. Yes, sir. So that that would be my answer to you. Got you. So I tell again, don't use Kemet. Yeah. If you want to use it, then don't come around me. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, Bobby Williams, let me ask you one more thing. I I did say they forced it on our ancestors, Bobby Williams. You told me, nah, that ain't it. But you wanted me to phrase it a specific way. That's why you said that. Repeat that again. I said I did when you asked me what did how did our ancestors start speaking Greek, I, I did say that the Greeks forced it on our ancestors. I said, but you wanted me to phrase it in a specific manner? When no, I that's, 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 that's good. That's perfect. Okay. Forced the Greek language on our ancestors. Yes, sir. And our ancestors did what? By them being a literate people. Literacy starts with what? What does literacy start with? With the alphabet. There you go. Yes, and they sir. were the first people on planet Earth to have an alphabet. So they use that alphabet after learning the Greek language and applied an alphabet to the Greek language. Today, that alphabet that our ancestors applied to the Greek language is called the Greek alphabet. The Greeks had never had no alphabet, but the language, the Greek language, an alphabet was applied to. Yes, sir. Now, did the did the name Egyptian or Egyptos have a, 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 a definitive meaning to it, or that's, that was just the name they used to refer to themselves, or did, did it have a meaning in and of itself? No, it's just an identifying name. Yes, sir. 
Okay. Now, they, they coined the name for themselves, put it like that. Okay. Now, okay, that's fine. It didn't have a definitive term like burnt face or nothing like that because I got this dude. Like, the name doesn't, does it give a class of a, a characteristic of, of of themselves? The name mean anything as far as a characteristic or that's just the name that they coined, phrase that they coined themselves, the name that they coined for themselves? Well, this is coming out of their mouth. Egyptos. Yes, sir. And yes, you mentioned something about some burn face. Well, because the guy, one of the cats I was talking to was like, you know, he, he said, well, they made Egyptian and it means burnt faces. I said, no, I think that's Ethiopia, man. Like, I think that was the meaning of coming out of the word Ethiopia to that, something to that degree. I said, I don't think the word Egyptian had any type of definitive characteristic as far as the meaning to it. No, no but, burn face. That's so, hey, you know. Yes, sir. That's the reason why I'm trying to teach you all a structured class where you can have information when people like the guys that you're talking about, when they come up to you, then you have information to defend yourself. Yes, sir. The first place you ask yourself, where did you get that from? Have you noticed how, how solid I am? If, if I ask that question, where did you get that from? <laughs> you look at him while you wait for him to answer. See? Always yes, ask Somebody come up to you with some You ask questions, too. Where did you get that from? You know? Yes, sir. Things like that. And when people start bringing you some information, oh, this is so-and-so, you ask, what date are you talking about? What time era are you talking about? What date? Because you got, you got a class. Here's what I want you to understand. You have rumored proposed history by way of a rumor. That's not human history. It's a rumor. So what you're telling me, Brother Griff, when this guy came up and said to you about uh, Egypt means burnt face, is that what you're saying? Yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, that's where he made a reference to. Okay, well, that's a rumor he heard. <laughs> yes, sir. See, the rumor uh, cannot be taken for human history. Yeah, he heard well, I, it somewhere. You see, but you have to understand that rumored uh, pseudo history. The word pseudo means false. Yes, sir. Pseudo means false and fictitious. So he heard a pseudo rumor. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got you, Bobby. You got it? Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, who is this? Oh, Background. I was, as one of the class members got something going on in the background, you got to mute your line. Uh, <coughs> uh, I have to mute their line, Bobby. They, somebody got something going on. Okay. One of the class. Sorry, family. My bad, family. 
Oh, all right, all right. Well, brother, tell him he got it. He he he, he muted his own line. All right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead, Baba. Oh, brother, tell him muted his own line. It was him. Okay, okay. All right. Any other questions? Hold on. Let me let me see real quick. Uh, let me see if, if that's the sister Camille. I just look. Let me see if that's her. She might have a question. Sister Camille, she on the line. Let me see if that's her. Sister Camille, is that you? I thought that might be her. Nah, I don't know. No, that's not. Sister Camille, going once, going twice, is that you? No? Well, it's in New York. It's not out of New York number. I'm normally used to it being her. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's oh, by the way, I'm going to be in New York and Washington next week. New York and Washington? And Washington, yeah. All right. Where are you playing in New York? Well, in New York, uh, uh, I may be at the UAM, United African Movement. I may be lecturing there. Okay, well, Bob, uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Automatic, the attorney. Automatic, you know, his wife passed. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was there, uh, and uh, I set a new president for UAM in 1999 when I uh, was invited there by Alton Maddox and and, and his wife. She was running the whole organization. And I came and lectured there, and I um, uh, upset them by... Telling them that there's never been a man who walked away from the human form of any race creature called by the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Then a prophet Muhammad, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them UAM members, yeah, they, they was into, yeah, some of them. Yeah. Some of them. Uh, I upset them to the point. They were outside after the lecture in, 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 in the little patches, arguing with each other and com- commenting with each other as to the words I had uh, spoke in my lecture to them. So I got home from New York that week because they hold their uh, rallies on Wednesdays. So I got home by Friday anyway, and I got a call from the coordinator that book lectures for UAM, uh, the woman by the name of Karen out of Atlanta, Georgia. She was doing it. So she says, Professor Williams, I said, yes, this is Karen from UAM. I said, oh, Karen, okay. She said, you have set a new president for UAM. I said, how is that? She says, we want you to come back. Now, this is in February. We want you to come back in uh, April. That's the date she gave me. She said, you set a new president because uh, every six months, uh, the time slot is set for Dr. Ben or Dr. Clark to come in. 
They come in every six months instead of waiting a year. See, what they do, UAM, used, uh, they will uh, have, if you lecture this week, uh, this month, then they wouldn't call you back until a year later if they want you back. You follow me? Yes, sir. So, but Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark had a standing uh, understanding with UAM that they come back every six months. Okay. So I set a new president by me uh, being asked to come back within a two-month span. And that's what I I, I did. Oh, man, so you sell them all so much that they wanted you back in two months. Right. It's a bringing back. Hold it up. We don't want to hear that, man. Bringing back. You got to tell us that again. (laughs) Say that to my face one more time. What's that, brother? Oh, boy. No, I was saying, I was saying that I know that's how some of the members was when they heard your speech. They was like, "Hold up, you got to say that to my face one more time." Right, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I upset the whole whole auditorium. No, and I already know because I know the UAM crowd. Right, they family, they they for the black struggle. They for black people. Oh yes, but a lot of them are either Christian or Muslim. That's the problem. That's the problem in our community. I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you now that you we cannot afford to to be anything but ancient e- Egyptians now. Why? Because we do not have a national identity to unify around as a, as an African people in this country because of these religions that has done that to us. You see. They have scattered and destroyed our community with these Islamalakum, I love Jesus, and uh, uh, I'm a black Hebrew Israelite, and I'm a Jew, I'm a Buddhist, and all this other confusion. And the Bible said this, and the Bible said, that, take that damn Bible and throw it in the garbage can. Get it out of your life. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you, you know? So anyway, I <laughs> upset them. Yeah, you stepped on some toes. You said that. Oh, oh some toes, my brother. <laughs> and listen, uh, brother Bourne, I didn't know I, I was doing. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was stepping on no toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm out there doing my thing. <laughs> you said that was '99. 1999, February 1999. But see, like they, even though you.
because I don't have that fear. Why? Because I'm around my own people. They're not going to do that to me. But anyway, the two big brothers escorted me to the car, you know, and so forth and so on. And some of the brothers, hey, brother, I'm going to talk to you. For, and they said, no, brother, this, he's got to go now. They'll be talking, they see you know you've been you're the round them right on that. They be out here cussing and fussing out here at you. Right. So anyway, I'm gonna be you see, since Alton's wife passed uh, I think it was last week, I think. Yes, yeah, it was last week. Was it last week? Yes, sir. Well she passed and they uh uh, uh she was the glue that kept UAM together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alton Maddox, uh, there's a committee of, that runs UAM, that was running UAM with Alton Maddox's wife. So since she's passed, uh, Alton Maddox had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So this committee is taking over now. Mm-hmm. So there's a meeting to be held tomorrow, and I will know tomorrow whether I'm going to speak at the UAM or they give me another uh, another date to come. All right. But, but in the event, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. Tuesday. And then Wednesday... Going to take a train into New York because uh, I'm going to lecture at another spot there in New York if uh, UAM hasn't come back yet. All right. Well, if you lecture, you lecture in another spot. Hopefully, it's in Harlem. Probably so. Or why you say that? Why you say hopefully in Harlem? Because if it's in Harlem, Harlem is different for me to get there than getting out to Brooklyn. Brooklyn got a couple of different trains that I have to take, and I have to take the underground subway if I came by myself. But if oh, I okay, 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 okay. Well, what I'll do, I will as soon as I get the information, I'll call you. Yeah, because in Harlem, I can get it's only one train. I can get right off the train, and I'm right there. Right there in Harlem, close to almost every place that people lecture at. Okay, so where? How, how long a uh, ride is that from where you live? Um, on the train, it might be a, it might be a two-hour ride. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's that long. Probably like an hour and a half. But you know, it's on the train, so I, it, I don't really mind the ride. Right, I, I love to ride the train myself. Yeah. I, when, I, when I lecture in, in Detroit, I don't I, I don't want no. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ride in no airplane to get from Chicago to Detroit. I'd rather ride the train. Me and my wife, we enjoy ourselves on the trains. It's a pleasure. So anyway, I'm, that's where I'm going to be uh, for next week. So, um, is there any more questions? I think that's the end of the question. Okay, Mankara. Uh. No questions, sir. No questions. I'm enjoying listening to the dialogue. Okay. All right. Now, 
we're going to get into we're going to get into um, actually we don't have but three people in our class. Uh, no, we got brothers. Four people. Four, four people. Huh? We got four people in our class that started with the class. Yeah, Sister Miller, she on the line. I don't, I don't know if she, she didn't ask a question, but I know she was out there on the line. Who is that? Sister Shaw Miller from Connecticut. I wonder she was out there on the line. Is she on that now? Um, I just called their lines off. Let me see. I, I see that. I see her. I see her number lit up. I'm off in the other room. Yes, but yes I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to. Um, I'm trying to stay awake because uh, I had a um, early. I was out early this morning. Oh wow! Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like you know, when the weather when the weather um switched to springtime, you know, my body it's like a time clock. I get up early, like four o'clock, five o'clock, depending. Yeah, until you get regulated to the new time. Right, right, right. Okay, well, hang in there, my sister. Um, you still taking notes? Yes, yes, I am. I am. Um, I'm just trying to. Um, I'm just trying to get some. Um, I do what now? I, I, yeah, yes, I'm still taking notes. Okay. Um, are you going to be able to? Because this is what I'm uh, ask the class to do. I want you to write down on paper everything that I have imparted to you. Write it down. You said everything that's what? That I have I, that I have taught you all. Okay. And the reason why I want you to write that down, because what happens when you write things down, uh, it sticks in your mind. You'd be surprised what... Uh, writing things down. Okay. okay. I, um, when I was studying uh, the subject of when Christianity came into Ethiopia, I, after I got you studying, I put down everything that I studied on paper, all the players, the dates, everything. Who did this and what date this happened and this and that and so forth and so on. And so today I can give a lecture without notes now because I don't I don't lecture from notes. That's that's in my way. I lecture off the top off the top of my head. But I I I memorize the subject matter by dates time, people, places, and events. So, in essence, you all are, I'm trying to train you all to be historians. Historians knows dates, time, people, places, and events. So when I was studying uh, about when 
Christianity came into Ethiopia for the very first time, I can now lecture, give a lecture on that, and give you all the prayers, the name of the prayers, the dates, what happened this date, and what happened with this individual, and so forth and so on. See? So, writing down is very, very important. And then, once you write this down, you have to practice these things by way of memory. Get it inside of you where you are internalizing it inside of you. Because if you write it down, you just have a bunch of notes at home and you're out in the street somewhere. You can't run home and get your notes and thumb through your notes and let me see where this is. You can't do that. It's got to be in your head. You see? So therefore, that's the reason why I uh, internalize the information that I, that I need to internalize about different subjects. And I practice these things. Every morning, I'm in, I lie in bed, and I go over dates, and I go over events, and I go over uh, subject matters, this subject, that subject, so forth and so on. You see? So when I'm lecturing, this, this comes natural. Because I have practiced like a musician. Practice uh, his instrument with the saxophone, trumpet, trombone, piano, drum, whatever. You have to practice in order for you to be proficient, in order for you to become a professional in what you have set out to become a professional in. So, uh, are you prepared to write? Um, yes, I have my notes from um, you know, the uh, from the classes that we had. I, I have my notes in front of me right now and everything. Okay. Um, I, I have been um, writing um, some of the notes down. Say what now? You've been doing what? I said I have been writing um, the notes down from the from the um, previous classes that we had. Okay. Yes. So well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. I want everybody to listen to this, all class members. Um, Brother Tim, my dear sister that I'm talking to now, Brother Boyne, Brother Griff, Brother Menkara. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. I want you to Take all your notes, and I want you to organize them by way of uh, structure. You have to have structure, okay? I want you to begin with uh, everything that I have taught you. Now, what I'm going to do tonight, I'm going to go over that those things that I have taught you, but I expect for you to... Write them down where you can internalize the information that you're writing and internalize the information that I've given you. Okay, any any questions, my sister? No, I'm, I'm listening. 
What was that? I'm listening. Okay. Final call. Any questions from anyone? Going once, going twice, going three times. Okay, let's let's go back. Uh, we started off with what? The four races of man, right? So now, as I speak, I need you to take notes. So get your notes, your pen, your pencil, and your notepad, and everything, and you put the top of your notepad today's date, April the 4th, 2017. Um, The first thing I taught you all was the four races of man. So you're writing on your pad, you write down the four races of man. And who can remember the second thing I taught them? Brother Mankara? Yes, sir. You gave you gave us the dates regarding the four races of man, and gave us a outline of historical distinction, and really put a time plate on how old we are regarding other people, starting with us, beginning with the written history. Yeah, I'm in a, I apologize. I'm I'm in a restaurant right now. I apologize. I'm, but uh, you gave us dates pertaining to the four races of man to answer your question. Okay, and what else? Uh, the then, you gave us ge- then you gave us the geographical locations of these areas, and then you gave us the distinction regarding uh, the European having the most recent history, with the history starting at 323 BC, with uh, Alexander the Greek, 323 BC with Alexander the Greek. That's true. Say again. With Alexander the Greek. Yeah, but 332. 332 B.C. Right. Him dying in 332, uh, uh, nine years later, am I correct? Dying what year? He died nine years later, am I correct? Yeah, what year? Uh, uh, 323. Huh? 323 B.C. Correct, absolutely. Yes, I apologize for the noise. That's okay. Okay. Now you explain, I got it now. Um, Okay. So, uh... I'm going to mute my line now so you guys don't hear the, uh, the background. That's okay. I'm, I'm not that – now that you uh, – I know where you are. It's okay. Okay. So what's the next thing? For the Minkara. Yes, sir. Go ahead. What's the next thing uh, that I taught you? Uh, you, you went over um... – I'm, I'm not. I'm just going over. I'm, free, I'm going off the top of my head. After you gave us the entry of, of, of the Greeks, you, get, you gave us the outline regarding uh, the Greeks having no history, and and that distinction. That's that's what the, what the outline you gave us provides, showing that while we have a 10,000 BC, uh, the Indian having a uh, 25. Uh, no, no, no. Here, here, here. 
Okay, I, I, the I, I, China I, I, man, the China uh, man, and so forth, and the distinction. Then you went into uh, 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 the European having no written history of itself. Uh, you went into uh, 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 the uh, the uh, creation story. You also went into the the uh, uh, nine the nine deities, just like you have nine openings in your body. You went over the nine uh, principles of the creation story. You also went over um, uh, uh, a lot of things, a lot of things in particular. I'm just going on top of my head. Okay, uh, I, 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 I went over the the Genesis story of the ancient Egyptian, which is called the what? Do you know? The Ani. The Ani. The Ani. Yes, sir. I wish nobody would. When I talk to one person, please don't ask them for them. No, this was me. That was me. The Ani. That was me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a restaurant. It's a little loud. Okay, I got you. But anyway, uh, uh, the Ani, right? Yes, sir. Okay, write all that up down on the paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I expect for, for you all to know this. That should be inside of you, internalized by you. Dates. See, this this listening to me talk right now is over with. When I say it's over with, it's time for you all to get down to brass tacks, as they call it. All the BS has got to stop. We got to get down to brass tacks because we as a people will never ever get out of this dilemma that we're in until you learn something about your ancestors, the ancient Egyptians. Okay? And you can't play with it. This is serious business. This is this is serious for me. Okay, so now the stage is set, the curtain is rolled back, the band is playing, the chorus girls are out there, they're kicking up their heels high, the music is playing, down, 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 what you all going to have to do, come on that stage and start dancing. Shucking and jiving, days is over with. If you're sincere and serious, you will stick with the class. All the ones that's not sincere or serious, they're going to fall by the wayside. So this is where real men and real women step up to the plate. You write down what I told you, uh, taught you, or tried to teach you. I told you about the, the races of man. I told you about the Indy, which is the Genesis story of the, of the ancient Egyptians. I took you into the Ptolemies. I took you into Cleopatra. You see? I took you into Serapis, how Serapis slash Christ was created. All that you got to write all that up now. I took you uh, into uh, the three 
historical events that caused the Council of Nazia one to come about, the Donatist-Kismetic controversy, the donation of Constantine, the strong statement by Arius, all of this you have to write up now. I took you into the Nicene Council. I, I told you to write on paper, blank paper, across the top of that blank paper, the African ancient Egyptian divine triad. I told you to put a, underline that. I told you to come down about an inch and a half or two inches from that line. And I told you to the left, I told you to draw a circle, leave a little space, and draw another circle in the middle, leave a little space, and draw another circle to the right. I, I told you at the right circle, I want you to put below the right circle, I want you to put another, draw another circle. I told you to go to the middle circle and draw another circle under that middle circle. I told you to go to uh, to the left. I told you uh, I wanted you to make that circle Osiris. I told you above that circle where you left the space in there, you write uh, Father and God. God and Father. I told you to go to the middle section, middle circle, and put Horus in there. And above Horus, I told you to, to, to write S-U-N in there. I told you to go to the third circle. And I told you to put Isis in there. And I told you to write above that circle, uh, Goddess Mother. I told you to go to the middle circle. And take out Horus, put an X through Horus, and put an X through the, the, the S-U in the sun. So you go down that circle below him and put in there Serapis. Below Serapis, I told you to put the S-O-N, the sun. And I told you to go to uh, the extreme, extreme circle to your right, where you have Isis in there. I told you to scratch her out. And I told you uh, to to scratch out God's mother above her. I told you to go down to the circle below her, and you put in the, the, the Virgin Mary. And below the Virgin Mary, you put in that God's mother. And you have to explain all what was happening. Okay? I told you about the Moses Creed. Uh, I told you about um, what they did with it. I told you about um, the second council meeting, Council of Constantinople 1, 381. What they did with that Homogeneous Creed, or also known as the what? The Nicene Creed, the Creed of Nicaea, or the Nicene Creed. That's the Homogeneous Creed. I told you that um, at the Council of Ephesus, what they did with Osiris, 
uh, making him invisible. Why? Because he was an African, having a, a European son, and the European son had a, a white mother. Something that's too odd. So they made him invisible. I told you that this is the council meeting where Serapis was turned into the Christ. I told you about the monophysites, Eutyches, the father of monophysitism, how he refused to accept Serapis as having a human nature, that he was only a created creature that uh, he had an Osiris-like spirit, but no human nature. In order to have a human nature, one has to be born through the body of a female. So that's how they, and why they created uh, the Virgin Mary. Now, who was doing all of this? The male kite Coptic Egyptian for the Europeans, not for themselves, for the Europeans, to try to make him into something that he will never, ever be. They uh, did it anyway. So I told you about the three chapters, the three chapters written by Theodore of Mopsiopsia, Theodoret of Cyrus, C-Y-R-A, Abus of Odessa, they are known in history as the authors of what is known in history as the three chapters. Those three chapters were letters created by Theodore, Theodore and Avis that was presented at the Council of Ephesus to go against uh, the Malphasites. The Malphasites under the guidance of Eutyches and the Nestorians under the guidance of Nestorius. Who? Nestorius said what? That he could not accept the Theotokos in the Virgin Mary. All this has to be written out. So this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where all the BS artists will fall off because they have to work now. You have to do some work. You have to do some thinking. You have to do some remembering. Okay? Now, I'm willing to hang in there with you guys to get it straight, however long it may take. But you've got to show me that you're making an effort to learn this. So, um, then I went on to the next, the fourth uh, council meeting, which was the Council of Chalcedon, 451. I told you at that council meeting, the three chapters was also uh, introduced there, kept in vogue. But at that council meeting, the, the argument was still 
going on, brother. Christ now is no more Serapis. Had a over the human nature of a Christ. So what the Melkite Coptic Egyptians did at this council meeting of known as Chalcedon, four fifty one, they used two words: persepone and consubstantiality. Persepone means you have person in there. They try to make this Christ a person by using uh, that word. Person means a human being. Consubstantiality means the third person in the Trinity. That's what it means. But then, uh, if you write it down, uh, and if you want me to go over all these things again, I'll be glad to do that. But then, you're going to have to begin to write this. I can talk it. I'll give it to you, no problem. But you have to write it down. And you have to write it down in structured form as I give it to you. Because there's a reason for that. I told you about Zeno, 472, 491. I told you about what he did trying to uh, stop the polemic of the argument between the monophysites and the Melkites. That he, how he asked one of the African brothers by the name of Acacius to create a document that will uh, settle that argument between the monophysites and, and the Melkites. So that decree that he drew up is known in history as the Hinotican. H-E-N-O-T-I-C-A-N. The Hinotican. What is the Hinotican? The Hinotican is a decree written by Cassius, Acacius, to try to settle the polemic between the Monophysites and the Melkites. Uh, in that document called the Hinotican, uh, it is set up for the agreement for both sides to agree to everything that went on at the Council of Nicaea 1, 325, to agree to everything that went on at the Council of Constantinople 1, 381, to agree to everything that went on at the Council of Ephesus 431, to agree to everything that went on at the Council of Chalcedon 451. So if he in that decree, uh, it was set up, created by Acacius, who was asked by Zeno, the Roman emperor, to do just that. And that decree had the intent of, of, of settling the argument between the two factions. But the monophysite says, no, no way, I'm not going to agree to that. See? So... I took you to that point. And that's where I, I believe I stopped off at. Is that correct, Brother Bourne? According to your notes? 
Yes, according to my notes. That where I left off? Yes, sir. We was right at the um, the end of Council of Chalcedon, and like you said, you yeah, spoke about Zeno, and we we pretty much then that was that was the end of the last class, and then we started doing pretty much review a couple times. Okay. Did I take you all up to uh, the time of uh, Anastasius one? Hold on, let me, let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to go through my notes right now and go to our last class. Okay. I think I took you all through Anastasius 1, uh, 491 to 518. And I took you from 518 to, uh, the time of Justin 1, 518 to 527. And from 527, uh, I took you to the time of his nephew, Justinian 1, and his wife, Theodora. Uh, and, and I think I took you to the time of uh, Justinian 1, building the world's first Christian church for Mary and Christ called the Church of Hagia Sophia that was built in Constantinople, Turkey, the double walled city of Constantinople, Turkey. Constantinople today is known as uh, Byzantine, I'm sorry, um, The, the 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 name uh, Constantinople is known as Istanbul, Turkey today. Istanbul. I told you that all council meetings took place in Turkey. There were nine council meetings took place in Turkey. I haven't taken you into, um, did I take you up to 610, to 641, the time of Heracles? Mm-hmm. The time, no. huh? Uh, I don't believe we got that far. Brother, not not for my notes. Brother Mikrock, did, uh, uh, Brother, uh, Sister Sharmilla, anybody did, 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 do you have that in your notes? All the way up to six, was it six seventeen? No, uh, six ten to six forty nine. Six ten. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Heracles. When he. Had... No, not yet. Not not uh-huh. yet. Not yet. Okay. No, no. Okay. Uh, what he did was to have a brother by the name of Sergius. See, they were all trying to stop that argument between the Monophysites and the Melkites. So he had uh, an African by the name of Sergius to create a decree called and known in history as the Ectheus. E-C-T-H-E-I-S. The Ectheus. E-C-T-H-E-I-S. See, that's a decree. And that decree was based off of monotheism, 
Do you accept that this Christ has uh, one will? Excuse me. Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just can, can you give me the date? I, I know you said six ten. This and, and we haven't um, got there yet. We haven't got there yet. I'm asking you. Don't don't okay. don't put this down until you have a class on that. Okay. Okay. Because so you're gonna. What you know, was this, this, uh, this decree? What What was the date of this decree right here? The one the Exodus. Yeah, the Exodus. That was uh, from Sergius. Sergius. Well, we haven't got there yet. Oh, okay. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I was writing it down, so I did. Uh, all, right. all right. No, no. But uh, so uh, I'm going to take you there tonight. Just be cool. So, in in other words, I left off at um the time of Zeno. Is that correct? Yeah, I have, I have I have a question for clarity. For clarity, just, I don't mean to uh, cut you off. Uh, okay, go ahead, my brother. Um, during 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 these events, the rule the ruler is changing from the the Greeks to the Romans now. Am I correct? We're talking we're dealing with the Romans now, right? Or right. Just, You've been dealing okay. with Romans. All the council meetings were with Romans. Well, all with Romans. Okay. Yeah, the Ptolemies okay. had their time. Fourteen Ptolemies. They had a time of 302 years until the Romans came in in 30 B.C. Right. It's the same, it's the same role. For, this is just for clarity. I might, the question may sound redundant. If it does, I apologize. But just for clarity for the uh, uh, listeners. Um, it's the same setup with the Romans when they come in regarding uh, them speaking a different uh, a dialect and and. and Forcing the Roman or Latin language on our ancestors, and them oh, doing the same thing with the Greeks, or or, or am, I, am I getting that wrong? No, don't say no Latin language. Well, the Latin alphabet. Okay, no, thank don't, you. Wait now, you're getting it mixed up, brother Menkara. Okay. They forced their language on our ancestors, just like the Greeks forced their language on our ancestors. After learning their language, our ancestors applied an alphabet to the Greek language. Why? Because they were literate people. Why? How? Because they created an alphabet to do that. Right. When the Romans came in, they did the same thing that the Greeks did. And they forced their language on our ancestors, they learned that language and applied an alphabet to that language. And that uh, application is known as the Greek, I'm sorry, as the Latin alphabet today. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. See, you have to, if you get the history right, then you can frame it. Framing has a lot to do with understanding the subject and explaining that subject to another person. If you, if you don't frame it right, then uh, you will have a handle on it yourself, personally. So it's got to be framed. You take the way I frame it, and once you really understand that, then you can frame it any way you want to. 
So I could, if I if I if, if you you not if you played an instrument, if I taught you a song, uh, uh, and then once you learn that song the right way, then you can play it in the way you want to. You can add whatever you want to add to. You can play you know the yeah. songs we play. You should learn and play jazz on. Just jazz it up. Right. Yeah. Okay. One question. One more question. Sure. Happy to. Uh, the Byzantine M, uh, they're the they're the first in, uh, before the split. Am I correct? That's why the the capital is in Turkey. We were talking about the Byzantine influence. Am I correct? Well, explain that. Explain explain how the term Byzantine comes and how does it how does it apply to the Roman history with the whole split and everything? What's Political history behind it. The political history behind the 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 Byzantine Empire, or the or what they call the Eastern Roman Empire, then you have the so-called Western Roman Empire, and so forth. Okay. Am I getting ahead? Am I getting ahead of the ship? Well, you you not in this area. You're not. Um, Byzant the Byzantine uh, uh, location was created and developed by Constantine. He took the city, or the land area that's known as Byzantium, and he, in 330, uh, took that land area that's known as, as Byzantium and turned it into his capital and called that Byzantium land area turned it into his capital and called it Constantinople. And uh, began to call uh, that location uh, the capital of the Byzantine Empire. That's where the word Byzantine comes from because of the location that Constantine took in Northeast Africa, this land area that was called, known as Byzantium, he took it and transferred it into his, uh, and making it into his capital. And he called it uh, Constantinople and made it the headquarters of his empire, which he called it the Byzantine Empire. That's where you get the word Byzantine Empire. Now he is in the east. The empire. Uh, this is part of the eastern empire of of the Romans. The other uh, part was in west, in the west, in Rome. That's where you have Diocletian coming in as co-rulers of this empire. See, so you had the East and the West. You see, Eastern Byzantine Empire, Western Byzantine Empire. See, but this is uh, Byzantium, or the Byzantine Empire was uh, created and started by Constantine, by him taking this land area, this location called Byzantium, and made 
Byzantium, his capital of his uh, 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 of the empire of his empire, also taking that territory and they began to wall it up, making it a double walled city, and he called it Constantinople. The Byzantine Empire, the the capital of his empire, the Byzantine. He called it the capital of his empire, naming it the Byzantine Empire. So that's where you get that at. Did I clear that up for you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. That way, I, uh, thank you for giving that the political and geography, the geographical history. That thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Anybody else got any questions? Now, they, now all these council meetings, because they're the 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 H and I C's of this whole of this uh, conjecture and history. They're of the hosts of these councils. All these all these council meetings are being held via hosted by the Byzantine Empire, right? No, 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 no. You got to go back to what was the three historical things that brought about the Council of Nicaea? One, three twenty-five. Brother Mankarov. Uh, uh, the uh, Donatist Schismatic Controversy. The uh, donation of Constantine, a strong statement by Arius. That's correct. Okay. okay. Now, what did Constantine, in, in the donation of Constantine, what did he do? He relinquished his power by giving it to, uh, and apologize me, for, uh, I should know this brother's name, Sylvester. Correct. First. And by relinquishing his power, he, on a temporal basis, he, he all he asked was to be baptized by his congregation. And uh, people, there was issues surrounding this because uh, they felt that uh, 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 he shouldn't, he shouldn't, he should have uh, died, he should have been martyred, and not have uh, get handed you over. Mixed, you mixed up the Donatist controversy. Okay. What's the okay, okay, okay. Okay, my my apologies, but 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 to understand the donation. Slow down, slow down, uh, I, 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 slow, down okay. slow down, my brother, slow down. Okay, I should have went over the the, the Donatist schismatic issue first because that's what led to the donation of Constantine that schism. But that's why I didn't ask you about the Donatist schismatic okay. controversy. Ask you about the uh, the donation of Constantine. I'm, I'm asking you a question. Okay, now you asked me who called those council meetings. Okay. Go down. Yes, sir. Go into the donation of Constantine. Tell me about it. Now, during the donation of Constantine, uh, he took this uh, uh, opportunity to uh, see the, the division among the the uh, 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 the, the uh, masses. And what he did was he relinquished his power to Sylvester the first. Uh, you're talking about. The, what masses? We're talking about Constantine. We're talking about Constantine. What masses are you talking about? He's talking about the, the division between the uh, exterior America Coptic community and the uh, 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 interior, the sellouts. And they no, so, no, no. The America has nothing to do with the, uh, the exterior Donatist, Coptic community. Uh, has nothing to do. America has nothing to do with the Donatist controversy. That controversy broke out in the secular community. Okay. Okay? 
Now tell me about the donation of Constantine. The donation of Constantine, Constantine donated or relinquished his power to Sylvester I on a temporal basis that he would uh, uh, baptize him in front of his congregation. He had no congregation. Well, baptize him in front of the, in, in front of the uh, exterior Catholic community. But some people, most, most had a problem hold with it. Hold it. He wants to be baptized in that community. It had nothing to do with it in front of him or back of him or anything. He wants to be made part of that of that uh, 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 of the Melkite uh, Coptic Egyptian community. He wants to be made part of the secular Coptic Egyptian ancient Egyptian community. And that was a problem. Huh? And that was a problem. Well, uh, what did he? What did he do? Uh, what did he offer, Sylvester? His emblem. Of what? Of power. Okay. And authority. Correct. On a temporal now, basis. Right. Now, you got that now? Stop right yes, there. Yes, sir. You understand that, right? Yes. Who called the Council of Nicaea one to come about? Was it Constantine or was it Sylvester? Hmm. Constantine. Nope. It was, oh, 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 because he relinquished his power, so it was Sylvester. Okay. Um, okay. 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 Now, at the same time, now at the same time, he's also establishing his uh, empire called Byzantine. So, am I correct? Was, 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 that's later. This is uh, five years later after uh, Nazi. Okay. Okay, that's that was my confusion. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got it. It's coming along. You got yeah. like you said, you got to go over it a few times in your head. Okay. See, and you got to think about it uh, while you, you know, in your, in your, uh, in your solitary. See, that's how that's how they miss. You. Now you're the only person that ex- explains that in that in that context because. Most people will, will, will take the, 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 the common history that says that Constantine um, uh, became a Christian. No. And that's how you, or or, or, or he, he got baptized and be, well, you, you understand the, 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 the pseudo history that surrounds that whole nation uh, 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 of Constantine, because you're the first person in his book who, who put it in, in, in phrased it in that pattern. Okay, now, how, how did... They said Constantine, which he was, didn't do it. He had a dream and so forth, and and and, and he saw a, cry, a, a a picture of a cross, and that that symbol he used to rule and so forth. Now that that, that, that that's all mythology, right? He's gonna stop the persecution of what in his dreams by seeing that cross. What, so was the, what is that called in history? Oh, what is it called? What is it called? Oh. Apologies for my, uh, uh, part of my ignorance. The Eric of Milan. Of Milan, Eric of Milan, okay. Eric of Milan. Which is false history. That's right, of course. Okay. Why is it false history? What, what, according to today's tradition, why would you, why would that be false history? Because it gives you the illusion that there was a Christian. There was no Christianity during, during that time. 
That's correct. Was there a religion anywhere on planet Earth during that time? No, sir. Okay. Now, why do you think today's uh, history is uh, talked about and wrote about during the time of Constantine? Uh, and during the time of Constantine, he said it was Christians. Why do you think that? Use your analytical mind. I'm thinking because of of, of Constantine's uh, major. Who? The, the, his geographical location of of, of of holding Egypt. No, that has nothing to do with that. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to tell you why. Mm. What is the traditional date of Jesus? Oh, oh, because of 330 A.D. So they have to come up with, uh, uh, somewhere in the 3rd century, or uh, 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 3 A.D., so they have to come up with uh, who's in power during that time, and oh, they try to conveniently oh. fit that in there. No, stop, 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 Minkara. Slow down, no, my brother. What is the traditional birth date and the death date of a Jesus the Christ? Traditional. As it's being he used was, today. It was uh, 30, uh, uh, I'm, just, I'm just 30 A.D., 33 A.D. he was born. I mean, 30 no. A.D. and he died. Uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with the traditional date of, of Christ. It changes every year. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, that don't that don't change every year. Uh, that's just the the time on the calendar. Uh, 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 you talking about Easter changes, Christmas okay. changes. The traditional birth date of a Jesus the Christ. They said that he was born. During the time of Herod in the fourth in, in four BC. Okay? Now BC days you count down, right? Yeah. So when you get to uh, using up uh, the four years in BC, where are you? Where are you? Ask the question again. When you, they said that this Jesus the Christ was born during the time of Herod, 4 uh, B.C., the numeral 4 B.C. 4 B.C.? Uh-huh. And he, so take, take, uh, uh, now take, count four years down. To zero. You come to zero, right? Okay. And what era are you in now? You in A.D.? A, B, C, D, or? No, 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 stop. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. It's not in A.D. because that means anomal, anomal domine. Okay, A, B, C, E, D. Okay, you can use that. (laughs) (laughs) But you, but this is now after four. In the zero, you're in the common era, CE era. Right. In the common era, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot use anomal domine. That means after the death of our Lord. What damn Lord? Yeah. In the year of our Lord, or however they say it. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Now, they said that this Jesus Christ died 30 CE. 
Okay. You got that? Okay. Making him 33. No, no. Huh? Which means he was 33 or however when he died, right? Because you said he count down. It's 34. Okay, he was 34. Okay. So you got during the time of Herod, 4 B.C. Mm-hmm. You got that? I got it. Count it down. So you down to zero now, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to use it four years, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Now he's grown, and he, he dies at 30 years old. C.E. Um, he dies at, I'm sorry. He dies at, at 30. Oh. C.E. No. No oh, common era or, or. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. He dies, I'm sorry. Let's erase all that. The, the tradition said that he was born in, in 4 B.C. during the time of Herod. Okay? You go down, use up four years, you're in the zero common era, C.E. era, common era, that this Christ died uh, when he was 30 years old. You got that? Yes, sir. He was 30 years old when he died. That's tradition. They teach all that. They teach that date and time in theology schools and ministers and all the reverends and everybody. That's common uh, pseudo-history. Those are, those are the uh, pseudo-dates, the common dates for a Jesus Christ dying at the age of 30. Okay? In the first century, right? Mm-hmm. So that's tradition. So they had to keep up. So when, now let's go to Constantine. We at uh, the time when he saw that sword, that fiery sword in the uh, which is a cross, right? Right. They they told you that uh, the uh, people get mixed up. Said it was, it was Christians that that uh, uh, Constantine. Stop the persecution of Christians then, because he he was on his deathbed and, and saw that fiery cross and and then uh, God told him he said if, if you stop the persecution of Christians I will let you win your battle at the Melvian Bridge against your enemy that's in the attic of my land. Were there any Christians during that time of Constantine? No, sir. But they will tell you that. Why? Because uh, the traditional date is already, and time is already for the Christ to have died at, in the first century when he was 30 years old. You got that? I got it. Now, the per- now who was being, or was the, the persecution going with the schism that was taking place prior to... Uh, uh, the Donatist schismatic controversy, or, or no, no, it had nothing to do. With, this is something. It had nothing to do with that. Okay, it had nothing to do with that. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm trying to tell you now. Since okay. tradition is out there being taught to the masses of people all over the world, 
okay? The believers in this Christianity, the teachers of Christianity, teaches that Jesus died at the age of 30 in the first century. So the believers believed that there was a Jesus in the in the first century dying at 30 years, 30 years old. You understand that? So now when Constantine comes along, they say that uh, with the Edict of Milan, that he stopped the persecution of Christians. He saw it in his dream. If he, he would win his battle against his enemy on the Melvian Bridge, if he stopped the persecution of Christians. So people today think that there was Christians during the time of Constantine and, uh, the, and the Council of Nicaea. Why? Because of the traditional date for a Christ. You see? So this mm-hmm. is part of the pseudo-history that they're putting out there to sustain and support the lie that they tell you by way of tradition. You get it? Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for that. You probably the only one who, you probably the only person I heard explain that too because most even most historians even go with the Etika Milan story uh, going with Constantine or uh, with, with this uh with this symbol we shall conquer or something some even they even have a quote that he has regarding the the symbol uh of the cross and so forth so thank you for that uh, information sir with this cross I did conquer I mean with this sword I mean I did conquer. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I told you to go to the my historical origin of, of Islam book and go to the illustration section and you look up John Chrysostom. Turn to that page where it's in my wife's chapter where she have a picture of John Chrysostom in there standing next to the Roman emperor. Um, around his neck and around the emperor's neck, they have vestitures. Mm-hmm. And on those vestitures, you see red uh, swords or crosses there. That is from that Edict of Milan. That is what they're saying that um, uh, Constantine won the battle at over the Melvian Bridge over his enemy and he uh, uh, took the cross as his symbol of the Byzantine Empire. That cross, or that which is a sword, is the symbol of the Byzantine Empire. It's right there on the vestitures. Look it up in my Historical Origin of Islam book. Look up... To the, go to the illustration part and, and turn and find uh, where they tell you to turn to under John Chrysostom. You see that? Mm-hmm. So, 
maybe I better approach this a, a different way. I think I think that um, I think the whole class would be helpful if you go step by step and you all write this stuff out. What you're doing, you're creating a structured uh, uh, you're creating a structured um, I'm trying to think of what they give you uh, curriculum that's the word I'm looking for so write down these things. Now, you understand where I'm taking you all? Yes, I do. Okay. So, any other questions? Born, Brother Born, you have any questions? No, I'm listening to the conversation and I'm just uh, taking notes. So, I'm make sure that I'm prepared for when you want to get, you know, when you start asking these questions. Okay. okay. Brother Griff. Have any questions? No, sir. Just listening in, jotting down these notes. Had to okay. step away from him. Brother Tim, do you have any questions? Brother Tim, come in. Car fifty four, where are you? Um, I don't know where Brother Tim at. He's quiet, though. He probably went to sleep. <laughs> A sister from Connecticut, where are you? Are you there? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in and out. Yes, I am. Okay, all right. Okay. I got, uh, I got one more question. <laughs> who, who, who's this, Brother Minkara? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just okay, for clarity. Um, um, when and when you are in the uh, in the uh, want to get my chapter right. The first chapter of the historical origin of Islam, you deal with the coming of the Europeans in Africa, and you you deal with the um, ethnicity groups, the uh, Ptolemies and the Seleucid rulers, who were the successors of Alexander the Greek after his death. Uh, in terms of ethnicity. Uh, you said they speak the Slavic uh, or Bulgarian and Greek and so forth, and and and, and these are chopped up nations as we see now. I just want to get some clarity on that because you go over uh, the Greeks, then you then you also in in historical origin Christianity, but you also come back in uh, historical origin Islam, and you you give even sharper detail towards ethnicity. So I just want to. Uh, 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 my question is regarding the uh, Bosnian Empire. Were they also, were they also uh, Latin and Septuagint rulers, or was it just mainly just Latin rulers? Well, see, the Latin rulers don't come in until uh, 1201. It was in there from 1201, 1204 to, to, uh, to 1261. It came in during the time of the Crusades. Okay, thank you. We ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. Hey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you okay. get that? Slow down, my brother. Um, well. <laughs> you got a lot to learn and a lot of little 
little things that 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 you that you have to know to put this this puzzle together. Yes, sir. That's all I have. That's all I have. It's okay. You, you. It's okay. You. I like this though, because as you as you bring out certain topics, then I get to then certain questions pop up, and then you can give me some clarity, and then we can keep going on and so forth. So yeah, this this is this is building. I like this. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yeah, are there any more questions? Okay, I'm going to take you. Uh, uh, I took you from uh, the time of Zeno. Is that correct? Yeah. And the Hindotican. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take you. Zeno was four seventy four. 472 or 474 uh, up into 491. And I told you about the Hinnatican, Acacias. What, the, what was the Hinnatican about? The intent of it. Now I'm going to take you to, after Zeno passes away, uh, Nasius 1, 491. To 518. Take notes. I believe you find a nastiest in my historical origin of Islam book. A nastiest one. Uh, 491 to 518. What he did was he stopped the gladiator competition in the double wall city of Constantinople. In the double wall city of Constantinople, they had a sporting arena called the Hippodrome, like a, a baseball stadium, a football stadium. And the emperor had his own private box of seat in that hippodrome, which is a stadium. At one end of the stadium, you had opposing uh, sport factions. Meaning that at one end, you had uh, one faction uh, rooting for uh, their gladiator. And then you had on the opposite side of that Hippodrome or stadium, you had another faction rooting for their Gladiator. And that those factions are known as the Venetis or and the Percentes. Venetis and the Percentes. Meaning the greens and the blues. One faction had uh, green uniforms, others had blue uniforms. And they had each one had uh, a gladiator to represent 
those colors. It's called the uh, Fanatics and the Percentes. It's in my book. The gladiator, as you should know, are the ones that rode on horses, had long, piercing, uh, uh, like spears, like, and they would charge each other on horses with these spears, and they would poke each other until they, uh, one gladiator either killed the other gladiator or wounded him to the point where he could not function anymore. This is savage because you're dealing with white folk now, Europeans. This is, you know, this is their nature. So what Anastasius one did, he stopped the gladiator competition out, uh, stopped that competition. And it's like stopping that competition would be like stopping football in America. This country would go up in arms because of the stoppage of football. He stopped the gladiator competition. But that didn't sit well with the Europeans living in the double wall city of Constantinople. Okay. So, uh, after he died, he had a successor by the name of Justin I, 518 to 527. He passed away um, because he got Alzheimer's and he lost his memory. His nephew took over. Justinian I and his wife Theodora, they took over the empire. So you have Justinian, 527 to 565. Now when he took over, The Europeans living inside of Constantinople were already upset because of Anastasius one stopping and abolishing, abolishing now, the gladiator competition. So during the time of Justinian, they began to riot. And that riot that was caused by the stopping of the gladiator competition during the time of Anastasius. Anastasius did that. And during the time of Justinian, those two factions, the Venetis and the Percentes, the Greens and the Blues, along with their fans, began to riot. Uh, and that riot is known in history as the Nike riot, N-I-K-K-I, the Nike riot. Um, Justinian, the riot was so intense that Justinian 
decided to uh, vacate and run from his uh, his authority as the emperor, run from power, until his wife, Theodora, told him, said, no, you don't do that. Said, what you do, you go and get your army general and have him to put down that riot. His army general rounded up 30,000 humans, put them in that hippodrome, and killed them. He brought that ride down and saved the empire for Justinian. That's called the Nike ride. Also, the most important thing that Justinian did in his time as the uh, Byzantine emperor, he had the world's first Christian church built on planet Earth called the Church of Hagia Sophia. I hope you all are taking notes. The Church of Hagia Sophia was a church that was built for Mary and Christ. The Church of the Hagia Sophia, or the Church of the Holy Wisdom, which is another name for Mary and Christ. That church was commissioned to be built by Justinian and his wife, Theodora, to commission African ancient Egyptian architects to design it and African builders to build it. The church, the picture of that church is on the front cover of my historical origin of Christianity. That's the church of Hagia Sophia, filled with those uh, minarets next to it. But that minaret next to it is another story, another history. But that's the picture. That's the building. That building is still standing as I speak. But it's a museum today over in uh, Istanbul, Turkey, that was once called uh, Constantinople. He had that church built. Those Africans built that church, designed that church. And he had it commissioned to build it in 532. They finished it five years later, 537. They finished it 537, December the 27th, 537. Very important for you to know these dates exactly as I give them to you now. And the events, this is all uh, dealing with history, time, people, places, and events. December the 27th, 537. And for, and for uh, 902 years, they, on December the 27th, every year, for 902 years before that seat of Christianity was transferred out of Africa, out of Northeast Africa, because this is where 
uh, Turkey and Syria is today and so forth and so on. Arabia, that's all in Northeast Africa. Today they call it the Middle East. Um, December the 27th, remember that date now, very important. That's when it was finished. For every year thereafter, on December 27th, they had a celebration, a festival, food, drinks, holiday. On December the 27th, they celebrated the birth of that church. Mind you what I said now. They celebrated the birth of that church. Okay? 527. Every December 27th, they did that for 902 years. Okay? They gave each other gifts. They had plenty of food, drink, and there was, you know, Hullabaloo. 902 years later, that seat was transferred out of the double wall city of Constantinople, out of the, the Hagia Sophia, by John VIII, who went into Rome, I'm sorry, into Florence, Italy, and relinquished the donation of Constantine to make way for that seat of Christianity to be moved. See, that's where the donation of Constantine is very important. Okay? And, um, in 1582, the Roman Catholic Church created a calendar called the Gregorian Calendar. And they, uh, by using this Gregorian calendar, they lost two days off of that. So instead of celebrating that church, or uh, they 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 celebrated instead of celebrating on December twenty seventh, they celebrated by losing two days. They celebrated December twenty fifth. So you get Christ, the the Mass for Christ, called it Christmas, the Mass for Christ. Okay. Now, let's go back to the building of the Hagia Sophia. When the Hagia Sophia was built, finished being built, December 27, 537, they used that uh, church as an institution to teach white males, a lot of women, teach white males. They were taught in, uh, the ones that they allowed in there were taught by African teachers, African scholars, who made up the faculty in the Hagia Sophia. In my Historical Origin of Christianity book, my wife writes a chapter called What Happened to the Church of Hagia Sophia. So read that chapter. 
in the Hag in the uh, in, in the historical origin of Islam, chapter nine. What happened to the Church of Hagia Sophia? It gives you uh, quite a bit of insight about that church. What happened to it? And blah blah blah, and so forth. So, so that church is very very important because uh, that that church is still being used today, but it's called St. Peter's Basilica or St. Peter's Church, the Church of St. Peter. But that goes into another history. We're going to get here that way uh, when we get there. But we're going to deal with what Justinian did and how the world's first Christian church was built on planet Earth, called the Church of Hagia Sophia, who builds it African builders, who designed it African architects. What was it used for? It was used for a uh, a church that was built for Mary and Christ. Listen up, very important. When that church was built, after it was finished building, being built, Justinian wanted to take back the donation of Constantine because he had gotten what he wanted from those Africans over there. The Melkite Coptic Egyptians had created for white people a deity, a god for them, made their image into a god by creating this created creature called uh, Jesus the Christ today. By creating this created creature called the Virgin Mary, the mother of the Theotokos of God, which they call in God Christ. They had done what, what, what they wanted to be done. That's the reason why Constantine said to Sylvester, I'll give you my uh, imperial emblems of authority on a temporal basis, on a temporary basis. If you, Sylvester, will get your people in the a uh, secular community to accept Serapis as a god. They refused to do that. So now they got what they wanted from our uh, ancestors, the Melkite Coptic Egyptians, who was under terror, terrorized, terrorized threats from them. So, 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 uh, Justinian took back the donation of Constantine from the Melkite Coptic Egyptians, because the Coptic, Melkite Coptic Egyptians had it in their possession, and they had the power. Constantine. None of the emperors, let me remind you this, every emperor after Constantine was baptized in uh, the Melkite Coptic uh, Egyptian community. They had nothing to do with that community. They had no authority over their community. 
They were made part of it. So now when Justinian, uh, after the Hagia Sophia was, was built and up and running, a church for Mary and Christ, he wanted to take back that donation and become head of that church. Okay? But when that church was being built and finished, the uh, the rightful uh, seat belonged to a male Catholic Egyptian by the name of Apopotus. That's in my book, too, The Historical Origin of Christianity. And Justinian uh, had Apopotus murdered. He come up mysteriously dead. And the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the power went to another brother by the name of Silverius. And Justinian had his army general and his wife to, to, to serve treason papers on him. And so doing, they put him in jail, and he died in jail. So the next Coptic Egyptian that the donation of Constantine passed down was to a, a, a brother by the name of Vigilius. Constantine asked him, relinquish the donation of Constantine, like he asked those other two, Apopatus and Silvius, and they refused to do it. And you see what happened to him. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. So, Justinian had a lawyer, an African lawyer, Theodore Asidus, who told him how to take back the donation of Constantine from Vigilius. He told him to tell Vigilius that he wanted Vigilius and the monophysites to have communion together. And when that proposal was brought to Vigilius, Vigilius says no, because if the, the monophysite and, uh, and, the, and the male kites will have communion together, that means that the, that the polemic or the argument between the two factions will be over with. The Vagilius refused to do that. So in 553, Justinian called the, the, the Fifth Ecumenical Council meeting the Council of Constantinople II. Now, getting back to what uh, Menkarab was asking, the, the first four council meetings, Nicaea I, 325, Constantinople I, 381, uh, the Council of Ephesus, 431, the Council of Chalcedon, 451, were all called by the Melkite cops who had uh, in their possession the power of the donation of Constantine. But 
But since uh, this Hagia Sophia, the world's first Christian church, was built, Justinian wanted to take that donation and that power back from the Melchite Coptic Egyptian community. And he wanted it for himself, to make himself the first pope of that church. He had no more use for the Melchite Coptic Egyptian anymore at this point. Because they, they've done and completed what he wanted uh, and what Europeans wanted for the African Coptic Egyptian community to do for them in the first place, starting to go all the way back to Serapis. You remember once when, when Ptolemy one was made and given the attributes of Osiris and, 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 and Ra and, and the Aphos bull that represents Ra with the name Serapis or Serapis? When that name was bestowed upon him in the, in the attributes of Osiris and Aphos, he wanted, Ptolemy wanted his image to be accepted in the ancient Egyptian divine sacred society, and he refused to do that. See? So now, these white folks now have been have plotted all from the time of, of, of Ptolemy I, all the way up until now, and, 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 and we talk about a time era of 537, uh, 553, when that uh, uh, fifth ecumenical council meeting was called, and also during the time of the Hagia Sophia was being built, the world's first Christian church. He wanted, his, he wanted that donation back so he can become the head, first pope of that church. So that's the reason why he called the council, the fifth council, called the council of Constantinople II, 553. And from, from, from uh, all the rest of the council meetings, day after, the sixth ecumenical council meeting was called by Constantine uh, the fourth. Called the Council of Constantinople III, 680. The seventh council meeting was called by uh, by Constantine the fifth. Uh, seven fifty. 754 called the Council of Haria. The eighth council meeting was called, which is the Council of the Council of Nicaea II, 787, called by the Empress Irene. See the iconoclastic. Oh, I count Chasm Council, uh, uh, Ecumenical Council meeting, 787, called by Irene. European. The, the ninth Ecumenical Council meeting, the Council of Constantinople IV, 
the Fortress Fuller Creek controversy was called by the Europeans. Oh, 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 Quick question, quick question. Okay. Can, can you give a quick overview? Now, 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 everything, everything you stated, just to simplify, basically you were saying that the imperialism of Constantine relinquished their power, got what they wanted. Now they, the imperial, uh, the imperialism, they took the power back. And now... Uh, these, 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 like the, icon, the, the iconoclasm that you just spoke upon. Can you go give up the overview of that regarding the images and so forth, or, or how they wanted this image of this god to be portrayed, or how was that to be interpreted for the uh, novice? Well, see, you're going, to, you're going ahead of the class now. Okay, okay, okay. We get there. We get it to the time of Philippicus and all that. See, you, this is nothing to play with. You know, this is this is nothing to play with. This is <laughs> if you guys are serious and sincere, then you will learn this, internalize this. Because this is the history of what happened to our African ancient Egyptian ancestors after the Greeks and Romans came into Egypt. See, this is the history. No one is telling you this. This is the history, but you have to be disciplined enough and interested enough and dedicated enough to take this information and develop this information inside of you, internalize it, so you can teach it to others in our African community who needs it, just like you you all need it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to take... Bit by bit, okay. Oh, I had a couch. I had a couch clean one time, some years back. The guy came to my house. I mean, the woman came to my house, and she got all the cleaning tools out to clean my couch, the fabric on my couch. And she, instead of taking a brush, she took cotton. She dabbed in her solution. She took section of that couch, just a little small section, and got rubbed it until it got clean. And then she went back and got another cotton ball and got the solution and went next to that and kept doing that. And it took her all day long to clean that couch. But when she got through, that couch was clean. But she had to start off, she started off and kept doing little sections at a time, little small sections, little small sections, little small sections until that couch was clean. You're going to have to take little sections of history at a time. Internalize the little history. And you've got to learn it. It's like you know your name. I'm, the information I'm giving to you is inside of Walter Williams. Uh, I can't run home and take notes, get my notes. Where's my notes? You know, no, I've got to know these things. Why? I practice these things. See? So now I'm taking you up, and I'm going to leave you at this point. Uh, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you at this point. Now I took you okay. up to uh, 
uh, Anastasius. I mean, I took you to Zeno, uh, the Hinoticon. I took you up to, from Zeno, I went to Anastasius 1. I told you about the gladiator competition. Uh, and I told you about the Hippodrome. I told you it was a sporting stadium. And on each end had opposing team. Teams were opposing each other. That they uh, had different uniforms. The Venetis and the Vicentes mean the blues and the greens. They had the the, the blues had their own uh, uh, team, or they had their own gladiator. And the opposite uh, across from the stadium had their own gladiator. And I told you how they. Uh, that gladiator competition was abolished by uh, by Nastius one five eighteen. I mean five seventeen because he died in five eighteen, and that's just like abolishing football in America. I told you about Justin one, who was his successor. Justin one came in uh, five eighteen. He died in 527 because he had Alzheimer's, lost his mind. His nephew came in, Justinian and his wife, Theodora, took over the empire. That Theodora, I mean, uh, Justinian uh, commissioned African architects to design the world's first Christian church, the Hagia Sophia and had African architects to build it. That they, they started the building that church 532, finished it five years later, 537. That, um, that church was built for Mary and Christ, called the Church of Hagia Sophia, or Aya Sophia. Built for the Church of, called the Church of the Holy Wisdom, which is another name for Jesus the Christ. I told you that every for 902 years before that uh, seed of Christianity was moved out of Northeast Africa out of the double walled city of Constantinople, the Hagia Sophia, in 1439. They celebrated every December the 27th for 902 years celebration of Mary and Christ or they created and celebrated what is known as the Mass for Christ and they call it Christ Mass the Mass for Christ the Mass for Christ and Mary so you see today people go on say Mary Christ Mass and I told you that the African who had in his control the donation of Constantine, the man by the name of Apopotus, Apopotus, and that he came up after Justinian asked him to relinquish to him the donation of Constantine. He refused to do that, so he came up mysteriously dead. Next person that passed that donation passed down in the Coptic Egyptian community was Silverius. 
and he refused to relinquish the donation of Constantine back to uh, Justinian. And Justinian had his his army, head of his army, his general, and his wife to serve treason papers on Silvius. And they put him in jail, and that's where he died. I told you that the, uh, the third person that that uh, donation was passed down to was a man by the name of Vigilius. He was asked to give it up. He says, no way. So uh, I told you about Theodore Ossidus, the African lawyer for Justinian, who told him what to do to get that donation to Constantine back was to have Vigilius and the Monophysite to agree to having communion together. And Vigilius refused to do that. And Vigilius was chased all over Northeast Africa until uh, until they caught him and, and, and they killed him in 555 and took back the donation of Constantine. So now, after the death of Vigilius, Constantine held in his power the donation of Constantine. But before he did that, he took power anyway, and he called uh, the Fifth Ecumenical Council meeting, called uh, the Council of Constantinople, um, uh, 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 two, five fifty-three. Uh, he made himself a the first pope of that church. It was Constantine. Who was the first pope of the Roman Catholic Church? Constantine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Justinian was the world's first pope of the Roman Catholic Church. Justinian. Justinian one. Okay. He made himself. If he took back that donation of Constantine from Bagulius, now he has the authority to sit on that throne as the first pope of the Hagia Sophia. He sit on whoever sits on that throne, even today, sits on that throne as the head of that church, he sits on the throne as the vicar, V I C A R of Christ. The word vicar means the same as Christ. See? So he sits on that throne as the vicar of Christ. See? But he didn't. Uh, he sat on that throne for, for a little while, very short. But he wanted to just like the Europeans, they don't want nobody to go to that moon. They want the, the, the first, uh, if they went to the moon, they, they, the Europeans, wanted to be the first one. They put it on record that they, white folk, was the first, first white man to go up on that moon was a white man. Now, if he gets up on that moon and comes home, then anybody, any race 
of anybody can go up and be an astronaut and go up there, fine. But he may have set the record that he, the white man, was the first one on the moon. So, uh, Justinian set the record that he was the first pope of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church at that time was named the Church of Hagia Sophia, the Church of Rome. Because the Byzantine Empire was also connected to the West, which is in Rome. Yeah. So therefore, today it's not called the Hagia Sophia, because they don't they want to erase that. You don't hear nothing about no Hagia Sophia being the world's first Christian church today. I've asked I've asked a, a Roman Catholic priest, have you ever heard of the Hagia Sophia? Tell me no. Never heard of it. Today it's called uh, St. Peter's Basilica. Same thing, same design. The Vatican is nothing but a, 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 a replica of the double wall city of Constantinople. Everything over there is a replica of what was in the double wall city of Constantinople today as I speak. So Justinian took back the donation of Constantine, made himself the, the world's first pope of the Roman Catholic Church, the first pope of the, of, of, of the first Christian church ever built on planet Earth, the Church of Hagia Sophia. That church was moved in, the, in 1539 when John VIII went to the Curia in Florence, Israel. Curia means C U R I A means a college and relinquish the donation of Constantine. See, that donation of Constantine is very, very important in history. So when he uh, uh, made the record, his record as being the first white person to sit on that throne of that church, making himself the world's first. Pope of that church, he stepped down and he appointed an African by the name of of a Apopatus. Apopatus became the first African Pope or Papa of that church. Okay? He became the patriarch of the Hagia Sophia. And then uh, Justinian appointed from the secular African Coptic Egyptian community a patriarch of Constantinople. The patriarch of Constantinople was a monophysite housed in the same building of that church. So now uh, the the Byzantine emperor can keep an eye on the two factions. One, uh, the patriarch of the Hagia Sophia sat on the throne of that church as being the papa of that church, of the, the pope of that church. The first African pope in history, a papatus, appointed by Justinian to sit on that throne. 
He's he, he was the patriarch of the Hagia Sophia. So when you hear of the patriarch of the Hagia Sophia, that means that that individual who sat on the throne of the Hagia Sophia, the world's first Christian church. And you hear a term, the patriarch of Constantinople, that means that this, this uh, appointee was a monophysite, housed in the same building, so they can, so the emperors could keep an eye on both factions. See? So this patriarch of, of, the, of Constantinople, monophysite. Patriarch, he also became the Patriarch of Alexandria. Patriarch of Syria, outside of that church, but in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, secular community of the Coptic Egyptians. This thing is very deep, very technical. These things I'm telling you, nobody's telling you that. So anyway, uh, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to uh, close it down. So, you have any questions, Brother Bourne? Hello? Brother Bourne? Wake up! Car 54! <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, my brother! You mighty people! Show me your black power! Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I don't have any questions. Uh, uh, I got some homework to do, so. Uh, thanks for the overview for tonight, and I look forward to building next week. Okay. Anybody got any questions out there, Brother Menkara? That was me. That was me. Huh? That was me talking, sir. That was me. Where's Born? He's, he's, he's gone. I don't know where he's at. Yeah. Hope he's not in La La Land. What do you want us to do for the... Uh, Upcoming week, the review over the notes and review over this. Uh, of Who, our... Who's this, Brother Griff? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I want you to do. I want you to organize all your notes. It goes for everybody. Okay. Organize your notes. Okay? Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to stop the uh, the lessons right here. At the, the fifth ecumenical council meeting in the Church of Hagia Sophia. Now, I'm going to hammer you all. I'm going to drill you. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to drill you. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to drill you. I'm going to pound you. I'm going to do everything till I pound this stuff inside of you. If you want me to do that to you. If you don't want that, then if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. This is going to be hot up in here. <laughs> okay? Real hot. <laughs> okay? And, uh, and I'm going to call you out on it, too. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you when you're jiving. 
okay? Okay. So be prepared, brothers and sisters. This is crunch time. This is the Madison time, that old dance called the Madison. This is Madison time now. We're going for the for the first juggler. Okay. So be prepared. That's it. And see, the people, all the people that uh, uh, started with our class, we had about nine of them. Right, Brother Minkara? Yes, sir. And where are we today? Uh, ten, I believe. You ain't got no ten. <laughs> <laughs> no ten, my brother. Oh, yes, they, 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 they vacated. They, they thought they were going to sit up in and, and hear me talk without any work. <laughs> uh, they think they're going to ask me the same questions that they asked me two months ago. Uh-uh. They, they think they, they're not going to do any work. They're going to work the hell out of me. I don't mind working. If I see some benefits and some fruit. I don't mind John, giving you this. John Henry Clark had a, a quote he would say. He would say, he would, um, when, you, when you're talking to scholars, you you will watch the questions you ask because the questions you ask confess your ignorance on the subject. If you know, so you want to, so you can tell, especially when you're dealing with teachers and professors. That's why, you know, I'm and I've been in the school background, but I'm I'm used to getting hammered by scholars because you have to watch the questions. They they they, they can tell whether you studied or not by the choice of questions you choose to ask and the answers that you give. And the answer that you give, right, exactly. That's very important. That's right. Very important. Very important. So I'm familiar with the real question. That's why it's, it's, it's more better to just honestly confess your ignorance than to rely on, on the lie your ego going to create. And say, I don't, I, 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 and, and take that F or take that B and come on back. And the right. professor will think, okay, you won them hard. You know, it took you a while, but you internalized it, and you will be a stronger student because as long as it took you to internalize it, it's going to take even more to remove that information from you. So, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to prepare you all to teach what I'm teaching you all. Pass it on. Exactly. Thank you. And thank it's, you. It's no use of me having this information locked up in my house. See, I'm coming out of my house giving it to you all. So what you do, take it out of your house after you learn it and pass it on to the ne- to the, to someone else who needs it or people who need it or the group who needs it or, or the next generation who needs it. Mm-hmm. You see? So this is very important that you do that. Okay. So... Uh, before we shut down, I'm going to ask uh, to see if you have any more questions because time is running out on us. Uh, no questions for me, Bobby. Okay, did you, you all under, did you understand what the, 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 the information I was giving you all tonight? Yes, sir. 
Okay. Okay, it's very crucial that you understand. We're going to go over it again. I'm going to, you're going to have to repeat to me sections at a time. What is the three chapters? The three, three chapters are letters written by Theodore of Mark Tiestia and Theodoret of Sar, C-Y-R, and Abus of Odessa. Those three chapters were letters written to denounce the monophysites and the Nestorian. I guess what they had to say at the Council of Ephesus and the Council of Chalcedon. It's very important. Now, when you study the three chapters, you can study them, go to the library and get, uh, ask for, uh, where is this, uh, do you have a, a, an encyclopedia but uh, the New Catholic Encyclopedia is in there. But when you study it, it's very hard. It's something that they're hiding. But you're not going to get a very good understanding until you keep going over it and over it and over it. And just read what they're saying. But it's something that they're hiding. See? So I had to stay there for a number of, of days and weeks until I uh, looked at it and, and analyzed it and so forth and so on. So I'm going to give you a little warning on that. But anyway, so with that, my brothers and my sisters, if you're still born on winter bed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doing the towel. Doing the towel. Yeah. We are hotel, brothers. We are hotel. Right. Okay, so I'll, I'll see. Uh, oh, next uh, next week I'm gonna be here. Okay. So I'll be in in, in Washington D.C. And like I said, I'm going to take a train to New York, huh? No, I said yeah, you're gonna be in New York and D.C. and then New York. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And when uh, I'm gonna call, uh, I told Brother Bourne I'll call him and tell him where I'm gonna be. Okay. Well, you know, if he decides he can come, it would be beautiful. But anyway. Um, Have a good trip, sir. Okay, and, was, and I thank you guys. I, I love you guys. And uh, keep studying. And the, uh, the ones that are st- still standing, uh, they will let you know that they are going to hang in there. My second. Okay. Okay. Send right. right. peace and greetings to your queen, uh, Baba Williams. Okay, my, my my brother, uh, brother Griff. Yeah, brother Griff. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, uh, brother Griff, brother Minkara, and uh, when you talk to uh, brother Bourne, tell him I say good night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> good night, John. Oh, Huh? You can hear me now? Who is that? Yes, yeah, Brother Boy. Brother Boy, you woke up, my man. <laughs> woke up from your sleep, my brother. I didn't mean to wake you up, man. <laughs> Did you hear the you hear the conversation that we had? Just, uh, I heard a piece of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, you know, okay, maybe you. Uh, now, I was saying I won't be here next week now. Yeah, yeah. I heard you. I heard you. You heard me? Okay. What you heard? You must have been. You must have been daydreaming. You know, you heard my voice. But anyway, I won't be here next week. It's coming week. I'll be here the fall. I'll be here the following week. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I will call you, Brother Bourne, if you're not asleep now. Well, anyway, I will call you and let you know where where I'm gonna be in New York. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. So I will let you brothers and sisters know that I love you all, and I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to bed. I feel good. Uh, I feel like James Brown used to feel. Okay? Because he don't feel it no more. But I feel like he used to feel. And I'm going to bed, and I'm going to bid you all may I hotel. Wow. All right, family. (laughs) All right, boy. You dotted dotted out on us, D. Uh, man, I had the phone on mute, man. I wasn't in, I wasn't in the same place, man. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, he was clowning you for a minute. You're going to hear it back when you listen to the show again. Just some light. He's like, like, clowning you. Oh, but I just couldn't do nothing about it. No doubt, no doubt. No, I, I was hit. I was like, well, I'm hit right now. But I, I got it. No doubt. We can put that work in. I got to go back and listen to this show tight. I got to tighten all my game up so it'll be good. Where's Sister K at, man? I don't know. I know he missed. He missed one thing, though. He missed. He missed one thing. I know he missed something. He missed one thing. You know, I bothered it. Yeah, I missed it, and I, and I messed around, and I didn't want to stop him from what he was going through. Damn, and then he made. It. Sudan. Oh, you're talking about the uh, yeah, uh, damn, the Commonwealth. Commonwealth, yeah, the Commonwealth. He didn't go over uh-huh. the Commonwealth. He didn't go over the Nile River. Uh huh. I, I wanted to say something, but it was just, it was that like there was two of the like early, early things, and he just he was gone, and I was like, nah, I don't, I just didn't want to butt in, but I meant it. I did meant it. I did meant to uh, say that. Well, let me let me go ahead and end the show though, man. You know we come in here do it do it the right way. You know it's a nice show, and um, you know uh, everybody tune in, go back, listen to the go and go into the archives, get the rest of the shows, um, catch up with the class. Come on in and let them know you know what time it is. Uh, so that's for all those who ready. Uh, for everybody else, you know, come in. And get in where you spin it. Well, we're going to close out like we come in with a praise that Turner, glory to Garvey, long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, praise Harriet Covenant, glory to Ida B. Wells, long live the spirit of Dr. Francis Creswell. Be before the end. Crack in the trunk. Thank you, too.
Legacy CRM platforms have made you compromise for far too long. With HubSpot CRM platform, you don't have to choose between enterprise tools that are powerful or easy to use. It gives you both, so your marketing, sales, and service teams can align with ease, accelerate sales, and anticipate every customer need. Finally, there's a CRM platform that helps you run better so you can grow better, without complexity ever getting in the way. Learn more at HubSpot.com.